Kia ora aotearoa and welcome to Generally Famous, a Stuff podcast. I'm Simon Bridges and every week I talk to a generally famous but always interesting guest about life, love and what makes them tick. Today's guest, long time top 40 radio queen, radio <laughs> award winner, author, JJ Feeney. What? <laughs> Oh, it's an honour to meet you, by the way. Oh, I really, I feel like, don't say that. You know, I don't like, because I'm a I kiwi, yeah. and when you say that, it intimidates me. I'm sorry. And it makes me feel like I have to be something or someone, and, you know, okay. I'm I'm not. Okay, well, gee, you've got self-esteem issues. <laughs> I do, I think I do. <laughs> You're awesome. That's probably why I'm doing You're a podcast. Awesome. You've oh, achieved you. so much in your life. Thank you. And a lot of people know who you are from all the many roles you've had. Yeah, so no, why would why would it be a surprise that someone would be excited to meet well, you? Well, while we're in this sort of mutual pray session, <laughs> it's just such a pleasure to have you. I'll tell you my worst interview if you tell me yours. No, no. You know what I've learned out of politics? See, in politics, I did sometimes gratuitously create enemies. Right? It was just no. F- it. No, I'm, I'm going to I'm going to create an enemy here because you deserve it. You prick. I don't do that anymore, JJ. Oh, yeah. Um, best best people. If you think oh, back on God, like a so rich, many. like if you think oh, God, it was amazing to meet X. Tom Cruise. Yeah. Number one. Because he and he's got this magnetism. He's he might be the world's best actor because he makes you feel like. <laughs> You're the only person in the room when he's talking to you. He is very charming, very yes. enthusiastic. and yes. So whether or not that's fake, I couldn't 100% tell you. But the guy goes out of his way to make people feel good. Mm. And he gives you what you want and he's just, he's a pro. So he was awesome. Like He invited us into his trailer on The Last Samurai. So it's me and my t- three co-workers, just us four, and Tom Cruise, no bodyguards, no security. We're sitting on his couch, which is this big cream leather couch with TC embroidered in it. There was TC emblems on everything, Tom Cruise, I'm guessing. And he go and he sat us down on his couch. And he goes, I want to play you something. And he just got the first cut of the promo for The Last Samurai. He goes, I want to play you this. I just got this. And he puts it on this massive TV in this caravan. Yeah. It's I don't know, 80 centimetres, a huge, yes. huge TV. And the speakers are loud and he, this two and a half minutes of this trailer play and we're just all stunned staring at the screen. Yeah. And and he didn't need to do any of that. He's just standing next to us like leaning, doing these stretches yeah. from the ceiling. And then he goes, so what do you think at the end? And we were all just thinking, we're in fucking Tom Cruise's trailer. Amazing. <laughs> so we had nothing to say. We were like, um, it's good. And the <laughs> other like, thing, how do you critique it? And trailer? the other thing you got to say about Tom Cruise is, like, um, although some mock him, and there are a few things to mock, actually, he is at the absolute top of it, right? I mean, mm. Maverick was Maverick, was that what it was called? Yeah, it comes top out. Gun, yeah. And that's just like the biggest box office movie by a gajillion dollars, and, you know, <laughs> because of him. Yeah, I don't know. He's definitely got something. You have to have respect for him. Short. Yeah. He's short. Well, he's not actually, I didn't think he was that short. I am five foot three, so he is taller than me. He's about five nine or ten, yes, I think. Right, okay. Is that really short? Well I mean I it is compared not. to I suppose for Hollywood I just feel like, you know, um yeah. 
you'd expect them to be at all. I, I feel like I have to say this because I'm not trying to one-up you here, but and I can't because I haven't met him, but when I was the Minister of Economic Development, as I was once upon a time, and, and, and we were in charge of pouring massive subsidies of money into the movie industry, yeah. they, they wanted me to go down and meet him at um, Queenstown where he's filming Mission Impossible. And I didn't, so Why that's not? just the story. But I actually wish I had because because at the time I mean, you think oh, I'm terribly important and I'm serious and I've actually got real work to do and it's just a jolly <laughs> to Queenstown to meet an actor and why would you do that? And I and I and I also live as I was telling you before, um, very close to the Church of Scientology in Auckland right, on yeah. Grafton Road, and he he opened that building a yeah. long time ago. He is into um, the Scientology. He had. Yes. So his movie trailer that he's only using temporarily while he's in New Zealand filming The Last Samurai. But he had all his photos of all his kids and Penelope at the time and blah, blah, blah. And he had this massive poster on the wall, which was like an A, A1 size Scientology chart. So Oh, it's just, and it's got sort of symbols and Yeah, things. yeah. So yeah. I didn't exactly pay much too yeah. much attention to the detail of it. But yes. yeah, he is really into Scientology. But yeah, whatever. Okay, so that's it, like... <laughs> That's interesting. Basically, though, what you are saying is, yeah, you like he was um, of all the. I mean, you have you have chatted to a gajillion. Pink big is stars. my second favorite. So, see, I don't like Lady Pink. Gaga, Ed Sheeran. Yeah, but as right. as people, as stars, you're thinking of these people who are huge stars, and like you when you were in your minister roles, very busy, <laughs> but they yeah. still. They still give their time to people and are down to earth and don't act yeah. like wankers. I think that's what New Zealanders like about yes. people. Like, you know, Ed Sheeran came into the studio like the first four or five times that he was um, coming to New Zealand. He is such a big star. We had hundreds of people outside the studio yeah. wanting to meet him. When he left, he told everybody, line up, get your phones ready. And he went along the line and gave everyone a selfie. Mm. He's just such a great person. You know, rather than going. Do you think they do it because they are a great person and because they're just sitting there thinking, "This is what I do." I think a bit of both. Yeah. I think Pink would be a little bit of both. I think Ed Sheeran is just genuinely a normal, nice guy who's yeah. still buzzed out that he's so famous. Yeah. <laughs> he yeah. probably just has to pinch himself all the yes. time and go, yeah. "What the hell?" <laughs> do you think he's lost it though? I just feel like he's descended into supermarket jingle music. <laughs> You know, it's like like Elton has. I mean, Elton just oh. takes the piss with those sort of remixes with kind of, I mean, the Dua Lipa one's not bad, but there's about seven others of them. It's like, how can we make some more money to pay for the florist? Well, why not, though? I mean, when you're Elton John, you're probably too tired to come up with new music. You know, yeah. I've been doing this for bloody 50 years. I'm, I, I need a break. If someone wants to come and do a remix with me and there's some cool young up-and-coming thing, <laughs> How I'll many last tours can the guy have, though? He's taking the piss. <laughs> I rushed out and bought tickets, $400 each times four Ooh. at that stage. We turned days, and he only got halfway through the show. <laughs> Disappointing, isn't it? You know, and well, I we, understand he was unwell, but stopped touring mm, so hard at like 79 or whatever well, he is. Be thankful you're not a Taylor Swift fan, because her tickets were... Yeah. Well, well first of all, they're hard to get. Do you think... She, have, have you ever talked to her? <laughs> yes, on the phone. Um, oh, I've met her once. A thought around that, or...? She is very uh, protective and so, like, if you interview her, you're not allowed to ask personal questions. And even if you try, she'll shut you down. She'll 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 just go, guys. This isn't about my music, you know. She'll shut you down. So she only wants to talk about her music. 
I guess she gets enough of the tabloids and stuff talking about her yes. private life. But it'd be hard for her because you just... And analysing it. Everyone, every person she's seen with is going to be, oh, is this her new yeah. boyfriend or whatever? No, I mean, I... That would suck. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. yeah, never been a problem for me. But <laughs> you know, I, I uh, um, you started in commercial radio when you were like nine, <laughs> fifteen, right? High school, and then I got on air when I was seventeen because they were desperate. Um, yeah, and now I'm forty nine, so I've been here a long time. Yeah, I mean that is. <sighs> it's probably I not a word that you want to be associated, <laughs> but you were a veteran. I know. Oh, I guess. And I mean, I know this because at work there's lots of young people. Yeah, and um. They, a lot of them grew up from kids listening to me and they tell me about it and that makes me feel so old. Yeah. But, and back, if you think, cast your mind back to then, which, you know, I, I can't really remember what I was doing when I was 15 or 17, <laughs> but, but you know, let's, let's try for a second and you yeah. make something up. But you, you were obviously hungry for it because you, you know, your first break, I think, as you were saying off here, it was, you know, 17 and you're on air and you're doing whatever, the graveyard shift, midnight till 6am yeah. or 5am or whatever it is. I mean, would you do that again now? No way. No way. <laughs> not yeah. the, No, no, not that shift. But you, and the point being that though, that you obviously really wanted it. No, I did. Yeah, did you know Stephen Joyce was my boss? Joycey, yeah, yeah Joycey, my um, old colleague. He, 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 and I have this funny relationship. He refers to me as his niece, so I call him Uncle Stephen. Um, <laughs> He's so. got an uncle demeanour about him. He does. He calls me young fella. Does and he? It's like, well, I he forgotten am in my mid forties. He's forgotten your name. Probably. I think that's it. Probably. <laughs> He's well, losing it, it. Well, it always was all about him. But uh, <laughs> let's not well, go there. Um, and Jeremy Corbett, of course. He wasn't who, there when I, when I worked at Energy FM, but he was one of the starters. I star- thought he was a starter. Yeah, he was a starter with Stephen, but that was a couple of years before I came along. Right, 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 right. Mm. Um, and you took the edge um, right there at the start from Hamilton, City of the Future, um, to the rest of New Zealand. Yeah, I was quite <sighs> lucky with the edge. I was right at that age where you've got all this confidence, you've got all this ambition, you just want to get out there and, 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 and let everyone know who you are and all that sort of stuff. So it was a perfect time for me to start the station, be on the station that, and we were allowed to do anything and we really yeah. pushed boundaries. And uh, Which you wouldn't now? Oh, you couldn't get away with half the stuff we got no. away with. I'm surprised they haven't been cancelled for, yes. you know, they bring up things from the well, past. Well, there's always the generally famous <laughs> podcast. I mean, it could well, happen. yeah, you never know. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so, um, no, that was, it was, the edge was amazing. It was so good, but it was very innovative. And, you know, all the other stations started copying and, and like you do when something's successful, oh, we need to do stunts now, we need to do this, we need to do that. And um, But you guys were the original yeah, kind then, of. Um, yeah, I loved working stunts. there, but I got to a point where I felt too old because you know it's a youth station. Generally, it's targeted to people under thirty-five. That's a big. That was a big part of the moving to to more. Yeah. yeah, so I just had enough of talking about the Kardashians and enough of getting your nipple pierced and <laughs> you know getting getting naked in public. I just had yeah. enough of all of that stuff yeah, no, and really talking about your I personal life. I need more of some of that. I think I just think <laughs> I've, I've missed out on it over the last fourteen. Um, we could do a stunt to um, you know make your generally famous podcast more famous. Well, but I just see, I just wouldn't pierce my nipples because it would hurt. <laughs> Yeah, it does you know, hurt. I wouldn't, I'm not going to get a tattoo because it would hurt. And it's there forever. You know, I mean, I just, I, I hear these things about people doing these crazy, 
you know, not dangerous, but, you know, exciting things. I think I'd rather have a hamburger. You know, that would, I would enjoy that more. What would I, it's not that I'm scared of it necessarily, you know, but it's you're I would older rather now. have a hamburger and fries. Mm. You would have done this in your 20s. Yeah. Yeah, but Probably now you're sensible. Probably only to impress a girl or something, though. Yeah. I wouldn't have been. Um, hi, you, you, we've talked famous people, but, but I mean, if you, you've won a poultice of awards, but if you think about a highlight professionally, yeah. What what do you sort of think of? And you think of things, yeah, that's I'm really proud of that. That was amazing. Um, if you're talking about awards, my best one has been Outstanding Contribution to Radio, which yep. is an award that you don't apply for. <laughs> it just gets given randomly to someone. So that was pretty amazing. But that was after I'd finished at the edge. I just think I think I'm just so proud of the success that the edge had. And I think my favourite thing is we married four sets of strangers and at the beginning in 1999 when we married the first lot, you, You're responsible Zane. for starting this stupid trend, are <laughs> no, you? No, no, I'm not, I'm not. I saw the idea in Denmark. In right. Denmark they'd done a similar thing and I said to my boss, oh my God, we should do this on the radio. And then it started from there. But all the couples are still together, all four of them. They've all got kids and I feel really proud to have been part of that, and um, because people were poo-pooing it, yes. and they were, you know, they're still together. Yeah, these couples, yeah. which is actually quite amazing. It's crazy. <laughs> I I almost think, and you know, careful of being cancelled here, but I almost think um, if you come together and and I don't want to say don't have a choice. That's not what I'm saying, but you know, and it's and it's constructed like you know. The arranged marriage thing, which was, by the way, is different from the kind of forced marriage, which mm. is obviously wrong, terrible, da, da. Yeah. they tend to go well. I think so, because you know why? Because, and this is why the TV show doesn't go well, because all they're doing is picking people for the wrong reasons. But the people that entered the radio weddings, they wanted it to work. Mm. And if you, and that's the thing. So each of these people in the relationship, they want it to work. They're not there for fame. They're not there for a bit of a fun thing to do. They yes. took it seriously, and so that's why it worked because they were so they were all ambitious. Yes, with the relationship, and also we picked someone that they really liked. Like they fell in love with the person before they met them because they had a month to hear them on the air and um, learn about them, and they met their family yes. and friends. So they'd already. Already felt connected to this yeah, person. I think when they met wanted them. it to work, and actually, you'd done your um, your due diligence. You yeah. knew what you kind of yeah. No, I think that's yeah. um, low lights professionally. And look, obviously, oh, you've had had you know um, your personal story, if I can sort of say that, or as we say these days, journey. Your journey. <laughs> yeah. I mean, it's an amazing journey, and there's you know it's real highs and lows. But I mean, if you think about professionally, are there things there where you say? Um, oh, I don't know. That was a kind of a cul-de-sac I went down that didn't go that well. <laughs> There's or... many of those. <laughs> oh, I couldn't even narrow it down. These these many things. Um, sometimes you do a, a stunt or a, or a prank and you think this is the best thing ever and then it just doesn't co come to fruition the way it was meant to and it falls flat and people get hurt and that's – I hated stuff like that. Um, but – you know, and I had my one of my co-hosts died, mm. and that was really awful and hard at the mm. time because I thought we were such a good team. I thought, oh, how I didn't think I was. How am I going to come back to work without him? But you know, that's just the grieving process, and I was fine after that. But um, I don't know. There's been. I think it's just when when things just don't go well because 
you set out to have so much fun. Your job is to have fun and to entertain people, and that was number one. And sometimes people don't like their personal lives being exposed or they don't get the joke or whatever. They react badly. And they, yeah, and those are the things that really <laughs> suck. Because I never like to hurt anybody or yes. upset anyone or make anyone feel bad. I like people to be happy and, yes. and have a good experience. So. But you're going to get yeah. that because in the end yeah. you were, and we're no pun really intended, but you were on the edge. I mean, yeah. you were you were seeking to kind of take risks and to get the few funnies, yeah. you needed one or two lemons every yeah. now and again. Yeah. yeah, it's like being in politics. You can't please everyone all the time, even though you try. I find that, and I and <laughs> yeah. I at a level felt that I lived on the edge to try and push things because I knew that you know we we're up against Jacinda Mania and we kind of oh. had to go at it. Um, what's what what does it take to do? what you've done in front of the microphone, you know, really well at a, at a high, I mean, don't be, don't be bashful or modest. I mean, you, I appreciate at one level you say, well, you know, I wake up and, but what, what, what's required to, to do what you've done day after day for years? Um, oh, I don't know. I just, I, <laughs> I don't like, well, obviously you want to win at what you do. Yes. Like why else would you do it? So ambition. Yeah. I think ambition and, so you work hard and um, I think you just have to be so personable. Like in radio, you have to really connect with people on a personal level. So luckily I love doing that. So <laughs> I just really try and do that wherever I can. So I love meeting people and I love talking to people and, you know, doing things that make people's day and whatever. So I'm just always try. I try to be um, accessible uh, to fans or potential fans of the show or whatever. Does that mean you wouldn't use a word like poultice? Like I did to describe the number Pult- of awards you We're going to look what it up. Chris, even Chris Reed, I feel like a bevy, a, a plethora. Oh, okay. Good, a, I know did I go words. with the wrong word? All right. It's, a poultice is like a wound dressing or something. Is it? Okay. Look, moving right <laughs> well, on. At first I thought you said POTUS, which is President of the United States. That's good. P-O-T-U-S. So I was yeah. thinking, hang on a minute. <laughs> you ever met a President of the United States? Uh, Probably not. No. They don't tend to do commercial radio. No, but isn't it cool how in New Zealand, you know, like when John Key was Prime Minister. All the um, time. Yeah. and Too much. <laughs> And even um, Helen Clark, you know, we have their phone numbers and we can just yeah. call them any time. Yeah. And my radio friends in the United States just cannot believe that we would have the phone number of the Prime Minister. In New Zealand? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. No, it's you just exactly go, right. hey, uh, oh, even hippies. Hey, Hipkins. Hey, what's up? <laughs> hippies. <laughs> you want to come on the show today? And like, of course, Prime Ministers usually like to come on Top 40 Radio yes. because it's a break from all the bullshit you've got to deal with. You know, it's just going to yes. be light entertainment. Do you, I wanted to ask you, we've just talked, you know, we took Taylor Swift and Alden John and I don't know who else, we've, uh, Tom Cruise and yeah. Prime Ministers. When you're thinking about that, let's forget the Prime Ministers, but let's, if we think about internationally the big names and the uber rich and so on, are they different I mean, they are obviously because they're uber rich and ultra, but but are they? Is there something about them you detect and say, yeah, that's they've, they've just got something, yeah. or are they fundamentally just regular people mm-hmm. who've somehow made it? Well, I mean, actually, everyone is just a regular person who poos and wheezes, and, yeah, until you make yeah. it. But what makes you? Everyone, it, most people have got that X factor, don't they? That's something. That's something that makes them different, unique, stand out, connect with people. You can never pinpoint it. Just 
it's just there. They just have it. It's, that's why there's there's millions of people who can sing amazingly and write yeah. songs. But yeah. why are they not all being played on the radio? Because yeah. they just there's more to it. There's a lot more to it than just having the talent to do it. You've got to have. It's multi-dimensional, isn't it? There's, but they but that that's true. But then they won't all get there. No, there'll be you know um, someone who's got all of that, and you know in music it's not even one percent, whatever it will be, mm. right? And so, yeah, no, that's you have to really keep flogging it as well, and you get so many knockbacks when you're trying to be successful, don't you? And a lot of people just take one knockback too much, and they go, "Oh, I'm not, I'm going to give up." But the ones that are really successful, they just keep going yes. because they are determined day after day. Yeah, and they'll find day. out what it takes. Who do I have to know? What do I have to do to make it? Yeah. Those people, I think, you know, if you've got that, you're going to get what you need. Do you play music you like or they just give you that and you're just worried about the chat? <laughs> yeah, I say the music is an interruption to my art. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, I mean, are they – I mean – are you sitting there oftentimes listening to music you don't even like? Yeah, for sure. We play Meatloaf. I'm like, oh, God, come on. <laughs> no, I mean, we play some songs I do like because I do generally like pop music, but I'm not really hearing the songs right? because we're thinking about oh, what we're going to do next. But I always get offended when my boss says, oh, we need, you know, we need to play an extra song, Miss Al. We need to play more music. So I'm yes. like, no, we don't. <laughs> People yes. aren't listening to us in the afternoon for the music. They're yes. listening to us for our chat. So we always have this argument because I'm like, what am I here for? So some people listen to the radio for music and some people listen to it for the chat. But for me, I like the songs, but I'm not really hearing them. You had a job to do. I mean, mm. the other thing, you sort of mentioned it, but when I think about what you've done and just that, that the gig that you're in, which is high level in New Zealand commercial um, you know, music, radio um it's sort of it's sort of been a young person's game right but mm. and, and you know you, you you've gone you've got to go from playing gangster rap and your whatever it is your, yeah. your younger years and now yeah you know, is there a time when we'll be listening to you I'll be because I'm about your age we'll be 73 and <laughs> and coming up as the carpenters yes. with um and is that is that a or, or, happen is that a do you and and with that do you worry you kind of lose your mojo and or or, or are you maturing like a fine wine? I've given you about nine questions mm, there, but mm, you you get mm. the point. To summarise, um, <laughs> I think I think like you will. I'll just go to the next level. So, you know, I've done youth radio, now I'm a middle-aged mom radio, and maybe I'll go to the oldie station or talk back, whatever. Uh, and that's usually the progression of a of a radio host. And I think I will be in radio for many years. Um, but um, you, I think for me, I feel because I'm, you know, in my late 40s now, I'm kind of tired. So I expelled so much of myself between getting the your nipple pierced yeah. and the tattoos and <laughs> yeah. you know at the edge I really exhausted myself one of the reasons I left was I just couldn't handle it anymore I was so exhausted mm. and I'm still actually getting over that and the shift to more FM is way more relaxed they don't want they don't want to pu- want us to push like I get in trouble if I do anything that's too yeah. pushing the edge so I've got to keep it family friendly and for me I feel like oh uh, God, I should that be doing more. That was a little boring. Yeah, I do yeah. feel a bit like that. So I have to, I have to stay true to the formats, true to the um, the um, target audience, and and all that stuff. But 
you know, I'm missing, I, I do miss a little bit of the excitement that I had at the edge because that's the sort of person I am. I like to thrill and all that. So I don't know, going forward, I will possibly be at the oldies station doing the music. But hopefully I'll still find a way you, you, to be you, relevant. You wouldn't want to be at like Sounds FM because they don't have any talking. <laughs> Just well, me. I mean, who knows? Then. But the way AI is going and everything. Yeah, exactly. Mm. Maybe, maybe I should start signing up am I, for a am job. Am I really talking to JJ Feeney? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, I don't know. I might be extinct soon because they might think, ah, we'll just keep playing music like never. Spotify does. Who knows? Yeah. Do you, you – you mentioned a couple of times you um, – you were, you know, you're tired out of um, the edge, and you know you wanted a change of pace. I mean, there's another thing that's going on here, and you just tell me if I'm completely barking up the wrong tree. But mm. you know, you've been doing that for like a gajillion years with your husband, yeah. Um, and and you know, you were you were you're still really close to him, and that's you know yeah. quite amazing. And I might ask you about that, but yeah. um, but you were no longer the Big Mac. Combo, you know, you needed to be out and be your own <laughs> fillet of fish, or, um, yeah. or is that is that was that part of it? Uh, part of it, I was in this JJ and Dom box for many years. Yeah. So no matter who our third co-host was, it was always JJ and Dom, JJ and Dom, JJ and Dom, and you know, so I had to take because Dom's very controversial. So sometimes I, you know, had to take, uh, well, responsibility or uh, the credit or whatever for. Things that he did that I didn't necessarily agree with yep. and, and vice versa. But I was happy to get away from that for a while. I did. I did want to just – I forgot who I was. I wasn't sure if I could do it by myself without him because I'd relied on him for so long. So, um, But he relied on you. I mean, I think I've heard him – you know, he mm. needed you to work out how to change the printer cartridge, and which, you know, which is very important. I think I need my wife for that too. I mean, these are – you know, we, we've – Funnily we've, enough, that's my latest job again. We're focused <laughs> on high uh, – but um, did you – did you find yourself, and I don't mean to be too deep meaningful, yeah. but what I mean is, look, that was then, now, you know, you... Yeah. Um, I lost a bit of confidence in who I was as a broadcaster, and so coming to More FM, I was terrified. I thought, oh my God, what am I going to be like without him? Am I going to be funny? Am I going to have ideas, etc.? cetera? And um, I feel like I found me again, apart from I'm not allowed to be exactly JJ. I have to be the more mature JJ. Good JJ. Good JJ. Bring out the good JJ. Bad JJ's today. at home drinking Pinot Gris. <laughs> good JJ's on the radio. <laughs> yeah. Um. And and you know, I think one of the things that's fascinating, you and Dom. Um. You know, it sounds a bit cheesy, but it's obviously what you you know you you still loved each other, but you weren't in love. And I think yeah. you said you weren't. You you become like siblings. So we still love being in each other's life. But, yeah, the spark wasn't there. And also a lot of stuff did happen that was really stressful around the yeah. time that we that we broke up. You but, guys went through, you know, a lot, a lot of deep stuff. Oh, a lot of stuff, but who doesn't? But now we have, a, we have a good relationship. I see him every day. Every day he comes into my house, lets himself in, brings a coffee for my boyfriend, one for me, and brings a dog and puts it on the bed. <laughs> well, we're still yeah. in bed. Like he's, and you know, we've been we go on holiday together, and um, but yeah, I mean, it, what's that? Am I? Would I be right? 
right to say that's see I think that's a bit unusual it is unusual yeah I know um, and I'm not suggesting you need to and it's desirable to have a relationship where you hate your ex or something but no it's a lot um, easier to like them though let me tell you, <laughs> you I think I think what's happened here is so Dom and I have had our money joined obviously being married and we have a couple of properties and so and it's difficult because my mum lives in one and his mum lives in another. And when we split up, he had to live somewhere and I had to live somewhere. So really, we financially still joined. We haven't split uh, split the money or anything because it's just too kind of complicated. And so we kind of have this weird business relationship right? in a way with financially. But then because of that, I do have to see him a lot and we have the dog and – I don't know, but we have this great friendship as well where we're really supportive of each other because we understand what each other's been through because Dom's been through a real hard time as well lately. Um, and so you, I think only we know each other so well we can be there for each other. You've got a new partner. I mean, yep. my point on that, if I just put myself in his shoes, yeah. I'd and you're going to bloody barley together and I would struggle with that. Yeah, yeah. He must be a really good guy. He's amazing. He's amazing. And so is Dom's girlfriend. I think the thing is, if you're going to date Dom or me at this point in our life, it comes with a certain amount of baggage. And um, my boyfriend, I told him this at the beginning, you know, it's cool if you want to, like, keep hanging out, but I do see my ex-husband all the time. He's a really good friend. He's part of my life, blah, blah, blah. And if you have a, have a problem with that, you know, that's cool. Let me know. It's probably not going to work out between us, but he has no problem. And it's because he sees us, he doesn't have any insecurities because he knows that it's perfectly, <laughs> it's perfectly fine. Like, perfectly fine. Of course it's unusual. Not everyone does this, but it works for us. Hey, Chris. Yes. Do you want another very broad question? I've got a very broad question today. Go on, then. What do you know about sports? Up the wires, go the Black Caps, and don't forget Premier League football. Oh, you do love a bit of Premier League footage, do. don't you? What team is it that you support again? Oh, the current champions, Manchester City. I think they're pronounced Arsenal. It's pronounced Arsenal. Uh, but you know what's good about football? It what? They don't regulate soccer. Right? I'm sorry. There's a sport that regulates sock height? Indeed there is, and it's cycling. That's very strange. Why on earth do they regulate it? Well, I know, but if you want to find out, you'll have to listen to the Big Stuff Quiz, wherever you get your podcasts. Oh, that's a cliffhanger indeed. The Big Stuff Quiz is brought to you by Melbourne Every Bit Different. We've just mentioned, you know, you've been on holidays together... You, your partner, Dom, his partner, yeah. your partners. I'm just yeah. going to put it out there. You can, don't, don't slap me, but you, yeah. you know, you can, but your partners are both significantly younger, younger than yeah. you. Yeah. Here's the thing, though. I, I don't think I'm saying something. I think I'm saying something that's factually correct when I say mm. that is much more of a socially taboo, social taboo mm. for a woman mm. than for a bloke. Yeah. Rightly or wrongly, wrongly, actually, yeah. right? But is it, that a thing? Or it was at the beginning. I felt really uncomfortable with it. Um, I've come. I'm fine with it now because it's really not a problem. Like people ever say anything? Not really. Occ occasionally, you'll get a smart ass comment on social media, but right. I don't actually care what 
people on social media say yep. if I don't know them personally. But they don't – it's not their life. It's my life. And my partner's very mature for his age. He's an old soul. He – we – He's you know. listening to the Carpenters on the sounds. <laughs> he actually does like old music because <laughs> his dad's introduced him to it. He doesn't seem that young to me. And also I'm I'm a, I'm a young soul. Like I am yes. not your usual 49-year-old mum who's taking her kids to soccer no. practice. I don't have that responsibility. So I have a, I have a different lifestyle. Um, so I think it suits suits us. I mean, in a, in a perfect world, I would love a partner my, my age or older just – so that I wouldn't have the, um, you know, the um, judgment from others. But I can't imagine myself with someone over fifty right make, now. I just make can't. you feel old. Yeah, I just it's just not where I'm at. A man who's got grown up kids, and um, you know, it's just it's just not it's just not where I am in my life. I guess because I'm not a parent, and uh, yeah, I don't know. I just I'm, a, I'm I basically am an like a single person, you know, I can go out, do what I want, spend my money on whatever. I've got this great boyfriend. Fantastic. <laughs> Fantastic. Um, again, you've mentioned it, but, you know, it's um, there's a sense with which, you know, you and Dom, you'd been through so much. And you said, yeah. you know, everyone does. I don't know that they do what you guys went through, to be <laughs> honest. I mean, like, I feel very blessed, you know, when I think about my life. I've had a few hard things, but fundamentally in my Personal life has been, um, I won't say boring, because Natalie, my wife, would cancel me for that. But, you know, it's been it's been good. You know, we've had a couple of health scares with children and things, but fundamentally yeah. it's, been, it's been great. I mean, you guys had the whole, and you've written a book about it, um, uh, fertility sort yeah. of, um, if I can say, saga. Um, and, and, and I've got this right. I mean, I think this is public knowledge. I mean, it was Dom who's... Infertile. Yes. Yeah. And and you you've said I listen. I told you off air that his podcast is fantastic with you. Um, oh, and thanks. you know you tried so hard for him. Yeah. You know several rounds of IVF, um, sperm donors, all the whole shebang. Um, and it's possibly an inappropriate question, but do, do, do you think if you two had succeeded in that and had a child, mm. would you still be with him? Probably. For the child? Or because no, it would have changed the... it would have changed a lot of things, I think. Because uh, we had my nephew in our care as well, yes. and that was a major stress. So um, I just, I think, yeah, because the IVF thing... That that broke us. That broke us, especially like it broke me to see how broken Dom was mm. because, of course, I was broken too, but he more so because for him it's, it's still his number one dream. Like some people just want to be parents mm. and some some of us, whatever, could take it either way. For mm. me, I feel the reason why I'm not so – like 100% into it is because I'm scared that I would not be the best mother. You know, like I had my nephew and I tried so hard with him and and I f kind of – I couldn't help him in the ways that he needed helping. So I feel like I failed in a way. So it sort of put me off like what, having wanting children because I was scared that I couldn't do a good job. So that, that was my insecurities. 
So for Dom, he just he, I knew he'd be a good dad anyway. He's amazing with my nephew. Um, oh, I reckon it only takes one of the two of you to be good, and it's fine. Yeah, yeah maybe. <laughs> um, yeah. So yeah, it's just I, I, I think we could possibly. I mean, who knows? I mean, I think um, I think what is, and I'm not, you know, I obviously don't know you well, but um, I only just met you. <laughs> but um, you know, I feel like it, it is a what is cruel is that um, the best parents sometimes that would be the best parents doesn't happen for. And yeah. and we all know there's rat bag parents, yeah. right? And uh it's unfair. that's that's a very unfair um thing and thank you for being so sort of candid about that. Um I don't want to talk about you know your your depression really other than say, you know, um what I know now is you're on medication, um low yeah. low levels. Yeah. I mean what what how else do you I mean I'm really trying to be helpful to anyone yeah. out there. How else do you deal with that? What, what, what um, have you found over, over, you know, life that now means actually this is something that's there, it's it's medical, and um, I found these things make it better? Yeah, I think you always, like, I always feel slightly depressed in a way, underlying, under everything anyway. But when you when you suffer depression and you have, you, you go through, you know, periods of, like, bad depression and then periods when you're okay and you're happy and whatever, I've, there are triggers often that sort of set you off. And so it took me many, 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 many years to figure out what some of those were. And one of them is being overwhelmed. Like people, everyone wants a piece of you. And, and you know this from being a politician and being a high-profile person everyone wants a piece of you and you can't give it to everybody. And I was always trying to give it to everybody and it got to a point where I couldn't do it anymore. And I realise now that if I keep filling my diary with things for other people, I'm going to go back into a bad place again. So I've just really managed my time a bit better and spent a bit more time doing nothing. But I feel guilty. I feel guilty having me time. So... But at least I'm happy having me time. Test it. <laughs> I don't know. So that's one of the big ones is just really managing the things that stressed me out. Yep. Yeah. And also cutting people out of your life, which cause you a great deal of stress. And that's really hard, but it's worth it in the end. Yeah. Fantastic. That's great advice. I um, I, This is not a podcast about Dom, right? Yep. It is about you. Yeah. Um, I think what's interesting though is, as I say, so long run you're still busies, you know, you went through the deep waters we've talked about. Um, I, I got one more possibly inappropriate question. I mean, if, <laughs> if, if, if you were in a really terrible spot, yeah. um, you know, I, I won't list what they were, but something really bad happened. I suppose the question is, and you needed someone unconditionally to be there. Yeah. Who'd that be? It probably would be Dom. It could be my boyfriend. It depends on the situation. Yeah. But it would be, in my top three, would be my mum, mm. Dom, and my boyfriend, but not, not in that order. Mm. But, yeah, I guess. It's, um, I think that's, you know, I think, as I say, that's really amazing. I think it's amazing that you guys do <laughs> what you've both done for your parents, actually. I think it's oh. awesome. And um, uh, I'm sure they really appreciate that. Um, well, they gave us life, and you know, cost of living crisis. Cost I don't know of how. Living crisis. I don't know how anyone affords to live in Auckland no. as a pensioner because no. you can't pay rent. You don't. The rent is higher than the pension. Totally. How? I don't know. I just don't understand. I reckon. I reckon the worst thing, like in an economic sense, that you can be, 
is retired without a home. Yeah, that's right? so sad. And that's the thing we have with both yeah. our mums. And so we don't want them to stress about money. Uh, and so, yeah, we 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 just want to make sure that they don't worry about that. And we yes. want them to just enjoy their retirement yes. and have fun. So It's amazing. It's fantastic. Um, really uh, – Something that uh, you know other people could learn from, I'm sure. Um, boob job. I yeah. say, looking straight at your face. I'm just saying, you know, no, no, don't do that. I'm um, just pointing at them. I had reduction just, last year. Yeah, and which is is that unusual? No bra anymore, and they stand up by themselves. Sorry, and today they're standing at attention. <laughs> Sorry about that. Does uh, he says moving right along? Is that common or uncommon? The reduction and. Um, how do you feel? Because a wee while ago now, I was really, you, you, you're still obviously glad you did it. Yeah. For you, it yeah. made great sense and yeah. has made a difference. Yeah. Although it was so big, I couldn't fit anything. Like this top wouldn't, I get a normal top like this, which I would normally fit, but I could not get it past my boobs. And it's just frustrating. And any woman with big boobs will tell you, dressing yourself is a nightmare. And they're just so heavy and... People just stare at them all the time and I don't know, I just, I feel so much lighter without them. I feel like no one's just, apart from now, staring at my boobs. <laughs> well, when we talk about them, you can't help but look, right? I'm not but looking. What I'm saying I'm is not I'm not looked at as a pair of boobs Beautiful anymore. Beautiful blue um, Scandinavian eyes. <laughs> Thank you. They are, aren't they? Scandinavian, have I got that right? This one here. One of them is half blue, half green in the light. I love that. There's not much of that. That's one? like David Bowie-esque. Something, one of David many, Bowie and not many others. It's like a cool thing. It's really it? cool. Crazy. Some people wear contact lenses to get that kind of effect. Yeah, I used to wear contact lenses. Then I had eye laser surgery. So did I. Amazing. So but it's just going. No, like you... I'm just starting to get um, short-sighted again after yeah. a good decade of, you know, treatment at Remuera Road by something or other. Yeah, but they, he did say um, that no matter how how good your eyesight is, You'll always need reading glasses as you get older. That's what he said. So I just had to go and buy some from the chemist recently. And every now and then, most days now, I've got to put them on for bloody reading. Well, you are 49. Oh. I mean, you know spring chicken. I know it's sad, isn't it? 49 is like the new 29, though, as your boyfriend would know. Hello. He's not even 29. <laughs> he's 28. Am I right? Um, <laughs> you, you, um, you've got five half-siblings <laughs> – um, through your dad, both yeah. mainly from. I'm going to be charitable here. I think you put it differently, but not long term relationships. Um, uh, one ten, day relationships? Not even <laughs> seven minutes. No, yeah. anyway, um, ten siblings in total. Yes. Um, oh, lots God. of cousins. And this is sort of a newish thing for well, over a decade yeah. now. But um, tell me about that. So, my. My biological father's name's Malcolm. He impregnated my mum when she was a teenager. Um, and mum got pregnant, but she she married my dad, Gary Feeney. Uh, and he's his name's on my birth certificate, and I grew up as his daughter. So he had adopted me, which was amazing. But then uh, mum did tell me when I was about six that I had a different father. And not to tell anyone, I kept it secret, but I always like, oh my God, from then on, I just had so many questions and she couldn't answer any of them. So when I was about 37, it came up again and uh, Facebook, I just thought, suddenly thought one day, oh my God, I could probably try and find him. And anyway, long story short, I found him on Facebook 
and he lives in Brisbane and we met and um and that's cool. And, and since I've met him, I've got all these siblings and I've got all these cousins and blah, blah, blah. But since then, so I decided to get into my ancestry. So oh, I had yes. my DNA done. And since- And what are you? You're you're Viking. Yeah, I'm a Viking, part Viking. Just boring old English, Irish, Danish, a little bit of Norwegian. That's been quite important to you though, that whole yeah. ancestry thing. Yes, because since I did my DNA, I found two half-sisters. So Malcolm- Malcolm. So he had a son six Malcolm. months before I was born to a one night stand, and then in the last two years, two girls have come up on their DNA that he's their father. One of them lives in England. She's fifty two. Have you met? You've met her? Haven't met her in person. In person. But whereabouts in the UK? Oh, just I think. Oh, just around London. I mean, it just yeah. sounds. Like I don't a, know. That sounds like a good trip to make. Yeah, well, I will. But I only found out about her like last year. She friendly. Year. Yeah, she looks like me too, which is weird. Isn't that amazing? <laughs> and then another sister just found out last year, she had no idea that her father wasn't her father and her father had no idea that she wasn't his daughter Shocker. until this DNA test came out. And unfortunately, it's rocked the family because mum's kept his secret her whole life and it's <sighs> been a real shock to this girl to find out that Malcolm's her dad. But that I'm her sister. Woo! Winning. That's, that's quite, and, and, and how's that changed your perception of you? I mean, what I like, um, you know, there, there'll be things like you've seen now, you're just like, you're an adult and you meet these siblings, and yeah. it's like they pick their nose in the same way as I do. What's going on? I mean, not that, but are there things like that where you've, you've realized that is a biological thing that I've got? I that, see it mainly from my father. So, birth father, Malcolm. <laughs> um, <laughs> I say that because. I feel torn because I've got my yeah. Gary Feeney, right? My dad. But unfortunately, we haven't really spoken for the last few years uh, due to this, I think. Right. Anywho, uh, that's another story. So I feel like really who was, you know, and, confused. And who, who was and is your dad because he yeah. was the guy yeah. that was there. and Well, mum and him broke up when I was three, so yes. he kind of <laughs> – it's complicated. Anyway, but he was there for me. And, um, I mean, I love him and I still feel like he's my dad. Mm. But the, so the sperm donor, who I call him the sperm donor, Malcolm, it's great that I've met him because he's been able to, like, fill in all these gaps that I had in my life. Like, I needed to know where I came from and what diseases are in the family and all that stuff. And who did I look like? Because I looked like nobody. And now I'm the spitting image of him, I reckon. And so he and I have... Very similar mannerisms. We have a similar sense of humour. And the craziest thing is he was a radio announcer in the 70s. He did the Amazing. overnight show on Windy in Wellington. It's just too weird. It's weird. But, yeah. Um, you've got two published books. Yeah. Did you really write them? Yes. That's amazing. Yeah. You're clever. Thanks. You no, know. not really because I write like I talk, so I'm not a very good writer, I don't think. Well, it's uh, nothing a good editor can't kind of massage yeah. into place. Didn't do Have you got another much. book on you? In you, I should say? I don't know. Like, obviously, the publisher would love another book because, you know, the first two did so well, but it's such a big job. It's so, like, for me, they say, oh, we can get a ghostwriter for you, but I wouldn't want someone else to write it because no. I want it to sound like me. So I'm, your bit, book. I'm a bit of a control freak in that way. So I would want to write it myself, but I don't have the time or the patience. And I don't know what I would write about. It's like people ask me to do keynote speeches, and I have no idea. I've what got it. To JJ Feeney, with... my breast years. 
Um, no, well, it's like it's good. like um, I mean, it's like my wife's just read um, not just a wee while back the Prince Harry book, yeah. Spear, right? She's yeah. amazing. Da 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 da. Must be really clear. It's like he didn't write it. <laughs> he had a few chats on a on a leather couch. I know. And someone's twisted it into a masterpiece. I don't know why they don't make it clearer on a on a biography or autobiography if it, if the person didn't Let's actually write it themselves. Because oh, for those big timers like that, they don't write them. I know. It's only artists like you and I who really write their own work, yeah. JJ. Well, then, but people don't believe you because they think, because, you know, everyone else has yes. someone write it for them. Yeah. So Dom wrote all his books himself. Mm. I wrote mine. You know, you it's insulting when someone sort of asks you if you did or not because you feel like, huh, I spent 18 months writing that bloody book. <laughs> you know, yeah. So, but... You've got to, yeah, no, well, I'll, I'll give you my, I'll give you my gratuitous thoughts on your next book after air. We'll worry okay. about that later. Um, my breast years. <laughs> I didn't know. I just needed to get another Opening paragraph. Puntastic. Yeah, exactly. Um, I think the other thing I was interested in with you is there's a public and private you. Would you agree with that? I mean, what, I, you know, if we think about you, you've got, the public fun, the hilarity, the pranks, <laughs> yeah. um, and yet privacy, a lot of pain and sadness there, right? And, <laughs> and, and you know, externally, um, and this is what I sort of thought you were before listening to the um, Dom Runners podcast, right? Yeah. There's um, your cynical, sassy, maybe even a bit brash, but actually internally, <laughs> you're sitting there writing books called My Breast Years and, you know, <laughs> and possibly, is it? Is that fear or not really? Am I overanalyzing it? Um, I think as I've got older, the difference between the public me and the private me is is a bit more clear, but whereas it was a bit more blurred before. Because as I've got older, I respect more privacy and all that, but it's hard to be private when you are in my position because yeah. also when you're on the radio, you've got to come up with four hours of content yes. every day and you run out of things to talk about. So you're like, what have I done today? <laughs> so your whole life gets talked about just because, mainly because you've got nothing else to talk about. So unfortunately, even the private stuff does come out publicly. Um, but I am, I think um, it's a defence mechanism for me to be sassy and cynical Uh I have yeah. this sarcastic sense of humour, and I don't think everyone gets it, and they take it literally sometimes. But I'm f- laughing away to myself like that was the funniest thing I've ever seen. I suffer from that. <laughs> I sometimes get disappointed at the brilliance of my jokes that don't land well. Yeah, that's annoying, but, isn't it? Uh, bucket list? What's on it? Um. Oh God. Oh my God. Well, I missed out on um, winning the Lotto Powerball. So <laughs> again, what would you do with it? Oh my God. Like I would bloody go and live somewhere quiet for a bit. I'm not for too long because then I'd get bored. Just have a big rest, and then I'd think about how I'd take on the world. But for me, I'm quite a generous person, so I would ma- I would look after a lot of people. Um, oh, that's no good. You'd have nothing left. Yeah, after and about I'm also a year. stupid with money, so yes, I probably would have nothing left. I'm going to wrap up. It's been a real pleasure. Yeah. Um, but asking you the questions I ask every guest, we call this section general knowledge. Okay. And as a commercial radio big timer, you'll smash this, and it will be easy. <sighs> Um, what's your most embarrassing moment? I mean, that's oh. you. do you even do you suffer? It would, you you couldn't suffer from embarrassment given it's the hard. stuff you've put yourself through on here. It's hard, but I have been humiliated many times. Um, 
Look, once I got caught re-gifting to my grandmother. And <laughs> my, my nana, her cat had died, okay? And she was really sad, obviously. It's her cat, Willie, had died. And I thought, oh, I've got to cheer her up, so I'm going to go around and see her. And I thought, fuck, I've got to give her a present. What can I do? So I'm looking around the house for something I can give her. And I'd been sent this book, and it was like a, a funny gift book, like about cats and like just funny things that cats And I thought, oh, my God, this is perfect. So I wrap it up in gift wrapping paper, and I go around to Nana's. I was like, Nana, I love you. Sorry about the cat. Here's a gift and everything. She opens it up and then she just starts laughing hysterically. And inside the cover was a note from the person who gave it to me. <laughs> <laughs> I don't think there's anything wrong with regifting. I don't. I don't see that. Like it's like if it's a good thing, but you don't want it or you've already got one. What is the issue? You know, my wife gets all antsy about the regifting. No way. I you know, mean, it's not an issue. We I don't want that. It's personalised to someone else. It's so I mean, there's anyway. plenty of times we're like we're running late for yet another kid's birthday party that we sort of <laughs> seem to go to, and it's like Harry's got some Lego or something he hasn't quite unwrapped. We're yeah. giving you the Lego. It's a good present. Um, which famous actor would play you in the movie of your life? Um, probably Cameron Diaz. <laughs> Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Probably be her. Actually, yeah. I see that. <laughs> I see. She's gone all reclusive Ditsy. or something, though, hasn't yeah. she? Yeah. So what's happened to her? She um, got all married and serious and settled mm, down. Good on her. Yeah. Good on her. Yeah. If I could afford to do that, I would. Just because yeah. who really does want to work? Yeah. No. Mm. Totally. Yeah. I see that to my wife quite often. She's <laughs> like, "You too." It's like, look, someone gives me a few million dollars. <laughs> I'd stop it all today. What's yeah. the strangest tradition in your family? Um, don't really have traditions because we're not very tight knit family. Um, but my mum is crazy about Christmas. Okay, and I'm not. But anyway, every year she she saves up all the toilet rolls and makes her own Christmas crackers. But she makes she puts the most ridiculous things in them. Like my mum innocently does this. Like she's quite funny. She's quite um ditzy like me. But she puts in things like two panadol. Or a few years ago, up until a few years ago, a cigarette and <laughs> the Christmas crackers. Or I like that. Like a couple of coins she found lying around. Just real random weird stuff. So we always get excited about what mum's hidden in the crackers this year. That would be about That's it. That's actually brilliant, though. I like that. Um, <laughs> I've never take, never had a smoke, though, so it was always a waste when I got those ones. Yes. Mm. No, me, me either. It's naughty. Mm. If you could choose to stop ageing at any age, which would you choose? Mm. I don't know. Um, I think every decade there's something new and interesting and exciting that happens. So I want to know what it's like to be elderly. I do. I don't want to get there yet. But I think ageing, I'm fine with. I just don't like ageism. So the only reason I would want to stay younger is because of the things that you can't do anymore because people say you're too old. Mm. And I just think that's just no. I don't like that. That's horrible. No, but you know, you on whatever those aged shows are <laughs> with that sort of aged music, I think you'll go well. Hey, thanks so much. It's been great to have you on. Uh, Generally famous. 
You've been listening to Generally Famous Stuff Podcast. There's a new episode every Wednesday. You can listen to them all at stuff.co.nz slash generallyfamous or wherever you get your podcasts. In fact, if you follow us on Apple or Spotify, any of the podcast apps, in fact, you'll get the latest episode automatically. Sounds good, right? Thanks to my producers, Chris Reed and Jen Black, and audio editor John Rapiha. I'm Simon Bridges. I really appreciate you listening. This pod took time and resources to produce. Please support our mahi and visit stuff.co.nz slash support. If you don't have time to read the in-depth stories or you just prefer to listen instead, The Long Read From Stuff is the podcast for you. Each week we showcase one of our excellent pieces of journalism, telling important or entertaining stories from the world of crime, sport, history, culture and more. You also get to hear from the journalists themselves about how they uncovered the story and how it came to life. So for your weekly dose of long-form journalism, beautifully read, subscribe to The Long Read From Stuff wherever you get your podcasts.